You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. It says all riches also, right, is ascribed to Jesus. So in heaven, all lay their resources at his feet. So let me ask you this question now. Are we willing to do that now? Is everything that we possess, all of the things that we own, have we been making those things and resources available to God for his glory? John is given a vision of the great and glorious picture of believers in the throne room in heaven. There, all of the redeemed will submit to God and completely yield to His authority. And the redeemed will lay all their riches, rewards, and prizes at His feet. Pastor Mike will challenge you today to evaluate if you live this kind of life now. Do you on earth submit to Him and give all your resources to Him now? Offer all things to Him, giving glory to His name. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of Revelation chapter 5 as he continues his message, The Seven Sealed Books. May God break our hearts for an unredeemed world. May God give us a genuine concern over the condition of the lost. May He empower us to tell others that there is someone, that is someone who is Jesus, the Redeemer, and to share that hope with other uh, people. So may we be moved in the same way that these men were moved. Now notice the different ways that Jesus is described for us here in verses 5 through 7. So let's go on now. Let's read verses 5 through 7. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Now remember, there was no one in the heavens, on the earth, under the earth, that was worthy to come forward to take the scroll out of the one who sits upon the throne, God Almighty himself. But then all of a sudden... Jesus, in the way that he's described, stands and steps forward to take that scroll. So that's what's going on here. So let's go ahead and read that again, verses 5 through 7. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. He's addressing John. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. This is just one of the many ways that Jesus is described for us here, recommended to us. The root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, 
in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures that we were introduced to back in chapter 4, and in the midst of the elders, that is the 24 elders that are sitting on the 24 sub-thrones around the throne that God himself is sitting upon it, a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Then he, that is Jesus, came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat upon the throne. Now, you know, before we actually break down these uh, various descriptions for you that are provided for us here concerning Jesus, one of the chief features that I want to draw your attention to here is that when we first see Jesus, we're going to see him as a lamb who has been slain. When we first of all see Jesus in heaven, we're going to see him as a lamb who has been slain. In other words, we're going to see the marks of his crucifixion, his beatings and such, uh, his body marred. And I think then and only then we'll begin to be able to wrap our heads around and really understand the tremendous price that he paid that we might be redeemed, that we might arrive at that final destination and stand before him there in heaven. And then and only then have the, the, the correct and right appreciation for all of what uh, Jesus did for us. But anyway, let's get back to those descriptions. I, I did want to share that uh, with you. Now notice the first way that he is presented to us as the Lion of Judah. Now what does this represent? Well, this speaks of Christ's kingly character. Even as a lion is the king of the jungle. But then notice he goes on concerning Jesus, and he says of him, of the root of David. Now both in the Old and New Testament alike, we have references uh, to, uh, that are made concerning Jesus in this way. For example, in 2 Samuel, in chapter 7, Nathan the prophet prophesied that Israel's king was to be of the house of David. The New Testament equivalent of this is found in Luke's Gospel, if you want to turn there with me, to chapter 1, in verses 32 and 33. And there we are told, and this has to do with uh, Christ's birth, being announced to Mary by the uh, angel concerning Jesus, chapter 1, verses 32 and 33, and he, that is Jesus, will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. There you have it. There's the reference. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But then notice also he is described as the lamb who was slain. Now, another component of this, this would be reminiscent of the statement that John the Baptist mentioned or broadcast concerning Jesus after Jesus comes down to the Jordan River just prior to being baptized. He directs all of those that are there at the river uh, to Jesus, and he says of him, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. John's Gospel in chapter 1 in verse 29. So Jesus, therefore, the perfect sacrifice for sin, without blemish, without spot. Now concerning this Lamb, notice a couple of other features. Let's go back to verse uh, 6. Notice the seven horns and the seven eyes. Now, we've talked about this before. 
uh, numbers in the scriptures, uh, like for example, in biblical numerology, that's what it's called, uh, have certain meanings, represent certain things. And the number seven in the scriptures denote fullness, completion, perfection, nothing lacking. And then horns in the scripture stand for authority and imperial power. And so think about that. Put all of these things together as it relates to Jesus in these various ways that he's recommended to us. And it suggests that Jesus possesses it all. And thus, he now steps forward to exercise all of these different attributes. He is perfectly equipped to put down any opposition to his kingdom. So who is worthy to take the scroll? Jesus and Jesus alone. And then notice also the eyes, verse 6. What do they represent? Well, they stand for perception. And uh, one of the characteristics concerning God is that he is omniscient. He knows all things. And so when he exercises his kingly right over the nations of the earth, when he takes back control of the earth, he shall do so with full authority and full knowledge. He will also have, notice in verse 6, the endowment of the Holy Spirit in plenitude of his power and perfection. Notice the mention there in verse 6 of the seven spirits. Now, we've talked about this several times before, right here in our studies in the book of Revelation. And I drew your attention to what is recorded for us in the book of Isaiah, in chapter 11, as it relates to the sevenfold workings of the Spirit of God that rests upon Jesus. So, again, Jesus has the endowment of the Holy Spirit in the plenitude of his power and perfection, the seven spirits. Now also notice these singers. I told you that we were going to go back and consider the song that's being sung by this great multitude uh, there that's assembled in uh, heaven. And I want you to also take note of not only the singers, but also the chorus that they're singing. So let's go and get to that. Verses 8 through 10. Now when he had taken the scroll, that is Jesus, the four living creatures, chapter 4, and the 24 elders, also chapter 4, fell down before the Lamb, who is Jesus, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, and this is interesting, which are the prayers of the saints. So, is this suggesting that all of the prayers, the unanswered prayers of all of the saints, right from the very beginning of time, have been collected and have been placed in these bowls that are being uh, held by these angels. Now, what kind of prayers would that include? Well, how many times, and remember, this is a prelude uh, to God judging the earth, making it ready for the soon return of Jesus Christ and establishing uh, his kingdom. And even Jesus himself said that we are to pray, at least in this one way, this one facet of the prayers that we pray, we should pray, Thy kingdom come. So this is really, if you think about it, a prelude to that prayer being fulfilled. So I thought that that was sort of interesting, and, and I wanted to uh, mention that. And so, uh, full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Now here's the cards. And they sang a new song, saying, 
you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood and of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God. And we shall reign upon the earth. Okay, so when the lamb with the death wounds in his body stood up, he turns to the throne, he takes the scroll from the one who sits upon the throne, and every redeemed person, millions of them, burst into song. Now, who are these people that are singing this chorus? Well, I, there, I don't think that there's any other explanation than this group is the church. It's you. It's me. It's God's redeemed. Notice the way that they are uh, recommended to us here as kings and priests. Remember in chapter 1, this is exactly what we are told as it relates to being members of the church. In chapter 1 and verse 6, we are told that he, that is Jesus, has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. And there are other portions of Scripture, like in 1 Peter, where we are reminded that we are a royal uh, priesthood. And so the church is singing this chorus. It's God's redeemed and kings and priests. Now what is important about this, and the reason why I want to draw your attention to this, is that the church is in heaven before God, think about this now, before God even begins to pour out his wrath, even before the seven years of tribulation begins. So I, I, I think that this is a, a good indication that the church is not going to be here during the seven years of tribulation. We're already going to be out of here via the rapture before the judgment of God is poured out upon the earth. In fact, let me give you a couple of verses of Scripture that back that statement up. In 1 Thessalonians in chapter 5 and verse 9, we are told that we, that is members of the church, are not appointed to wrath, but rather to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke's Gospel in chapter 21, when the Lord is giving us the last day scenario, things that would be taking place upon the earth, distress among nations, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes and such, and, and uh, all of the things that would lead up to the rapture of the church. He encourages the believers in Luke's Gospel in chapter 21 and verse 36, those who he is speaking to him, watch and pray always that you may be able to escape these things. And so think about it. If we were actually going to be alive and participate and be here during the seven years of tribulation, Jesus would have never told us to watch and to pray that we might be able to escape these things. Now, let's, with that said, let's go back to our text. Now, notice there in verse uh, 10, as I mentioned before, we have now become kings. So what, what does that suggest? Well, I believe that the idea here is that every redeemed soul becomes a part of God's established kingdom upon the earth in a royal reigning way. The Bible tells us that we are going to rule and reign together with him in righteousness, with the rod of iron. And in fact, we're actually going to be God's enforcers of his laws, uh, particularly during the millennial uh, kingdom. 
And we'll get to that in one of our future studies as we move into like Revelation chapter 19 here in this book of the Bible. But not only are we referred to as kings, but also as priests. Now, what does that uh, suggest? Well, what's the uh, calling and occupation of the priests? Well, to offer up sacrifices, even as we are to offer up spiritual sacrifices that show forth God's praises. Okay, so in the dispensation, in this dispensation that we're talking about here in this book of the Bible, we are both kings and priests. Now, that brings us to our third and our final point. And to close us out, to close out this study, we have the sevenfold doxology recorded for us here in verses 11 through uh, 14. So that becomes our third and final point, and that is a sevenfold doxology. So let's go ahead and read verses 11 through 14, and then we'll come back and I'll break that down for you. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, and you're a part of that company. Those are all of the saints, uh, past, present, future, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who is slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them. I heard saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Now, I want us to consider the different characteristics ascribed to Jesus here in these closing verses. And then I want to ask you some questions as how these characteristics relate to you and to me. But first of all, I want you to think about this. In a day when humanistic men and women are unwilling to acknowledge Jesus as nothing more than a good man, this is what heaven has to say about him. So I want you to think about that. All of what's recorded there for us in verses 11 to 14. Okay, so drawing that to your attention, let's break this down for you. And first of all, I want you to consider, I want our attention to be drawn to Christ's power. Notice that's the first thing that's mentioned here. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive, verse 12, power. Now, what does that suggest uh, to us? Well, think about it. In heaven, all of the angels and men and women yield to Christ's authority. Okay, so here's the question. Are we willing to do so now? And, and how do we go about doing that presently? How do we go about yielding ourselves to Christ's authority now? Well, simply through the authority and the instruction of God's Word. That is in the way that we live our lives. But then also notice, it says all riches also, right, is ascribed to Jesus. So in heaven, all lay their resources at his feet. 
So let me ask you this question now. Are we willing to do that now? Is everything that we possess, all of the things that we own, have we been making those things and resources available to God for His glory? But then also notice here, all wisdom is ascribed to Jesus. In heaven, all wisdom is attributed to Him. Here's the question. Have we yielded our minds to Him now? Is our world view a Christian's world view? A significant question. But then also, notice, all strength is ascribed to Jesus, the Lion of Judah. In heaven, he is acknowledged as the source of all strength. Here's the question. Are we totally looking to and leaning upon Jesus for everything now? And then all honor is ascribed to him as well. You see, in heaven, he's honored. Yes, he's presently dishonored by many upon the earth. But what about us? That's the question. Are we honoring him? 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 30, we are told that them that honor God, he will honor them. And then also all glory is given to Jesus in heaven. All men and angels think more of Christ than they do of themselves. Here's the question. Do we ascribe all of the glory to him? And then finally, all blessing. The acknowledgement of all blessing is due to him. And what does that suggest? Well, it means to, the word blessing literally means to make happy. So here's the question. Is Jesus happy with every area of our lives? You know, there's a, a psalm that I want to uh, draw your attention to. And uh, it's in the uh, 103rd uh, Psalm in verses 1 and uh, 2. If you'd like, you can turn there with me. There we are told, and, and this ought to be a regular occupation for all of us. You know, all of the things and all of the questions, all of these attributes are, are things that we should constantly uh, be meditating upon as it relates to our understanding of exactly who it is uh, that is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of the questions that I just uh, put to you, you know, I think it would serve us well to constantly think about these questions and see how accurately and positively we can give an answer. But anyway, back in the 103rd Psalm in verses 1 and 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. So, again, let me ask you the question. Is Jesus happy with every area of our lives? Listen, gang, we should be on our faces with our hearts overflowing, adoring the Lamb of God who is worthy. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh my That's all we have time for on this edition of In My Father's House. Did you know that you can listen to Pastor Mike's teachings on your favorite podcast app? Just search for In My Father's House with Mike Venizio and be sure to subscribe. And let us know you're a listener in the comments. We'd love for you to join us for worship this Sunday at Harvest Christian Fellowship, too. 
Check harvestnyc.org for service times. You can reserve your seat by clicking on contact and then the register link. We're located in Midtown Manhattan, and there's easy access from Port Authority on 42nd and Penn Station on 34th. If you're not in the area, or if you're unable to attend in person, we'd still like to have you be a part of our time studying God's Word. We're live streaming our services each week, and you can connect on our website. Again, that's harvestnyc.org. If you'd like to catch previous Sunday messages, click on the Resources tab. You can also watch services through our Vimeo link or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. Links to all of these are available at our website. One more time, that's harvestnyc.org. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to ask you to join us in praying for all those listening to Pastor Mike's teachings. Please pray for open hearts and open ears to hear and accept truth. Thanks for praying, and thanks for joining us today. We look forward to our continuing study of Revelation next time, here on In My Father's House. There's a place for